0: how is everyone this gorgeous Monday in North America? I know we have some Australians on here so it's probably Tuesday, your time, but uh, different times all over the world and we're so excited to have Lauren here with us today to talk about Barrel Bag and just her life. This is going to kind of be a combination interview and uh, presentation and we're going to have a couple videos that she's going to show. I'm going to start out with me just she and I talking and would you please put questions if you have them into the Q&A box. And at some point, if you want to just have us even be able to, to have you talk, just put your hand up. You can do that also in the, the little box for questions and answers. So Lauren and I are just getting to know each other and we were just talking about where we live. She had just mentioned pickleball. So Lauren, yeah, I am, I'm a tennis player. And I'm fortunate that I still have enough mobility that I can get around on a tennis court and I can still serve pretty decent. But I took up pickleball about a year and a half ago when I was at a high school reunion down in Southern California and they had a big pickleball tournament going on. And somebody said, you know, do you play? I said, no, I play tennis. Well, come on out here and play. turns out it was a, it was a pickleball professional. And he said, you play really well. And I said, it's ping pong, man. This is easy. I mean this I I can see why it's popular, but I think I'll keep playing tennis. <laughs> uh, he said, you know what, if I was you, I'd do the same thing. He said quite honestly, most people playing pickleball don't want to have to try to learn how to play tennis because it can take a while. And yet yeah. pickleball's so cool because you can pick it up and never having hit a ball, a wiffle ball, you never played
1: ping pong even.
0: And you can play pickleball, Pickleball, pickle cool.
1: yeah. I'm also yeah. a tennis player, yeah. though.
0: Uh, okay, cool.
1: So, uh, yeah, so, but it's nice to mix the two up. I find it uh, fun, and you get to play with a different group of people, I think. But, yeah, okay. I'm gonna play both, I think. Are you a Californian long-term? Uh, well, yeah, I've been in California longer than I was on the East Coast. I grew up in Connecticut, went to school in Vermont um the University of Vermont and then moved out here and have stayed and started my family here so and I can't go back the weather's just too good there's just too many great things
0: um when you were at Vermont what did you study there
1: um political science and sociology ironically and then I came out to California and I started working for a tech company and um I did tech marketing for um, tech firms for, gosh, about eight, eight or ten years, and then I I stopped and started my family, and then I went into interior design, started my own interior design firm. There's no correlation, and then from there, um, got into to this, started doing some social impact work in this nonprofit, which has been super rewarding, and this has only been going on for about
0: two and a half years now cool and we're going to talk a lot about barrel bags here in a little bit but i'm going to just finish sort of going into lauren's past history a little yeah. bit. The reason i asked <laughs> about vermont is he's now dead but have you ever heard of um mother earth news and rodale press any, any either of those ring a bell no. for you no very old uh go next time you go to any grocery store you can pick up a mother earth news um, which if you haven't seen one, you'll enjoy it. But Wait, a mother then, or
1: a oh, mint, mint, gotcha, um, all right.
0: And anyway, um, a professor at University of Vermont who is just a icon in this area, and I said he, he's dead now, is Jonathan Todd. He didn't ever happen to have a course from Jonathan Todd. i oh, did, but
1: it sounds like I wish I would have.
0: Yeah, you would have enjoyed, you would have enjoyed him a lot. What did he
1: teach? What was his
0: um, uh, specialty? Regenerative living, re- sustainable living. That's not what he taught in. I think he was in the biology department, or I mean, that would have been what his formal training was yeah.
1: in. Um, yeah.
0: And he's the he's the founder of in the late early excuse me early 70s of what's called the New Alchemy. Uh, Institute. He and Bob Rodale. Bob Rodale founded Rodale Press, and, and then Jonathan went into academia. They were both grad students when when that happened. Um, yeah, just just a neat guy. His son, Jonathan Todd Jr., still around, still doing some great stuff. But but Jonathan was just a really special man. Um, so your son, and let's let's get into your more now current family because as i understand it your son's either helping you or maybe even more involved with barrel bag than you are
1: yeah no he actually was the one who started it It, uh um so this was his idea he uh really picked up surfing when he was probably a freshman in high school. So he would head out to Bolinas, is a local surf spot here. That's where he was started surfing, Bolinas and Stinson Beach, and then now Ocean Beach and Modelo Beach. Um, so he'd go out there and when he'd go out to the beach, he'd start picking up trash. And and um, But you know, they don't carry anything. They just have their wetsuit and their board under their arm. And so he was talking about this and we got to, to talking and he, said, God, wouldn't it be great if there was some bag you could just carry out with you? You could throw your stuff in it, then you can throw some trash in it, just carry it out and bring it to the the trash and recycling uh, receptacles um, when you get off the beach. And uh, I was like, yeah, you should do that. So we started, you know, toying, tinkering around with some bag ideas. And, you know, you know obviously cost was a big deal because people weren't going to want to spend a lot of money um, to buy a cleanup bag. And then there was this whole, like... Like, well, I don't wanna just create a wasteful bag. So there was this whole sustainability piece to it. Like how do you build the bag using sustainable materials? um, So you're not just causing more waste in the environment. And um, then you know he worked to set up the production systems and I had to help him because he wasn't 18 yet, set up the accounts and set up the nonprofit entity and all that stuff. And so we worked together um, for the first year and then he went off to college And uh, you know, was really busy because he wanted to get to meet people there and whatnot. And he stayed involved, but uh I said, you know what, I think this is such a great opportunity. I said, can you introduce me to some um, friends of yours who maybe worked at Surfrider with him in the local chapter that might be interested in doing like an internship um, that may be a little older, like in their junior year in college um, that uh, might have more time than a freshman who's just kind of learning to meet people and doing all the fraternity stuff. So he introduced me to a couple people. Down at SDSU, and we had these internships, interns that volunteered and helped, um, kind of keep Barrel Bag going. And I mentored them and helped them, and we got all of the systems, you know, kind of standardized and, and operating. And then as they graduated, I was like, mm, "What do we do? Let's let's actually see if." There's a new set of interns that want to come on and we had a bunch of applications and we brought in more interns. And then we decided, you know what, they're actually really doing valuable work. We should try to pay them. So then we started paying our interns, albeit only for five hours a week each, but we have five paid interns now that really are the lifeblood. And Tucker's still involved. He joins us for meetings. He's doing some work, um, helping us to create a membership program and um, working to kind of integrate some of the stuff we do you at his university. That was a really but long answer.
0: I in. saw, I saw the map that you put up. Um, Den, it looked like Colorado was on there. That's probably Denver. So, how do you expand? How did you? How do we get to all these locations? Do people reach you, or do you actively go out and market to where um, they're they're hearing from you about about it through an Instagram site, through YouTube, through whatever.
1: Right. Well, um, again, we were such a like small grassroots organization when we first got started. We don't have a huge budget, to be honest with you. And so um, Instagram was a great way for us to reach out and kind of build a community. And from there, um, you know, we also had some ambassadors that were doing some pro bono stuff for us. We don't pay our ambassadors. And um, the. uh the word just spread and and we worked with companies and municipalities that can co-brand our bag so they would buy bulk um wholesale bags and put their logos on it and engage with their communities and then people would reach out and buy bags from all over the us we've got some people who have bought them in europe and australia um we just haven't really focused our efforts and set up systems to make that really economical to ship out there yet. Um, So we're kind of focusing on the US, but I mean, we've expanded beyond those locations that are currently on that map, Um, but it's primarily people finding us and reaching out to us. we got a couple of states just reached out to us recently that want to implement us throughout their state as part of their, you know, green initiatives. And um, some other coastal recreation areas back on the east coast are um, evaluating us right now. We've got a bunch already on the west coast.
0: Look at that fish, by the way, everybody. And look at how serious it is. All that plastic that's in it. Um, well, we have more in common than you even know. So. Um, you said SDSU. Does your is that where your son's going to school?
1: No, he goes to Wisconsin. Actually, um, I say that his he really I think wanted to go to um, Santa Barbara and stay on the coast and uh, continue to surf, and he just loves the ocean so much. Uh, but he ended up at the business school in Wisconsin, and uh, but. Again, some of the local uh, people that he worked with at Surfrider here in Marin uh, were at SDSU. And so he connected with them because they were interested in participating. And that's how we got started with these college students. And it's just grown from there. Ours are all over. We've got UVA. We had Hawaii. We've got interns. One that's in actually doing an internship in Seoul, Korea, uh, South Korea. Um, uh, Where else? South California, we're all over. Yeah.
0: Well, I, you may have in the presentation about how you get those and so on. We can talk about that a little bit later. Again, I said more in common than you might think. So I have a, a joint master's degree from SDSU and Scripps nice. Institute of Oceanography, so UCSD. And I lived, because I couldn't afford to live anywhere near La Jolla, I lived very close to SDSU. Um, 48th Street in Washington, which you would not want to go today. It's flat out a ghetto. Horrible area. But when I was there I many years ago, it was, it was just apartments and I actually lived in a little house. But I also am a big time surfer. Not nearly get to do it as much as obviously when I lived on the coast for years. And if he was still going to SDSU, I almost guarantee that I had places he would never have heard of that I would send him to where he could get some waves that, that he'd be shocked at kind of how good they are. Um, so I've served Mavericks. Um, actually wow. Pretty good, 30, 30 plus. Um, wow. hiked real early, way below, way before. Had the fortune to surf in North Shore um, during my youth and when I would didn't worry about falling off of a seven-story building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but so I, again, don't get to do it nearly as much anymore. And then interestingly, there's the other commonality, and he's no, he's dead now, but my early mentor when I became a college professor was a guy named Arthur Hassler. Arthur Hassler was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, and he is the guy who was on the cover of Scientific American magazine because he found that salmon going up to their place where they were born to spawn again do that because of what are called pheromones he he invented the word pheromones oh really go all the way from their breeding area all the way out into the ocean and then these fish are able to detect them when they're going through their growth period that's out in the ocean and then they come back all the way back up to the exact same place that they were born and that was one of the things he did. But the University of Wisconsin has a huge history of aquatic ecologists. And Arthur really introduced me to a number of them. So that's a commonality also. I was, I was a professor at, at a university in South Dakota, Augustana, oh. the border of South Dakota and Minnesota. So Arthur would come over and visit with me from, from Madison to Sioux Falls. Anyway, enough yeah. about that. Um, I'm going to ask a couple other questions before you let I let you go into a little more of the presentation mode. Tell us about a tool that you've used in the last six months, a year, some recent time frame. It could be a hand tool. It could be an Internet tool. You name it, that you just love to tell our audience about because they ought to try using it. Anything, whatever hits your head. Like i I tool like a a tool could be software tool could be a hardware of some kind could be right you name it
1: right well ironically enough well i wish they would try this because it's pretty it's a little selfish and self-serving but um we developed actually a, a piece of software called the impact tracker and it's it's a really it was kind of developed as a pilot program to see if there was a way for us to track the um or quantify the um efforts of our members and and the people that are following Barrel Bag. And um, we created this software to see if people would actually log in and just track like how many cleanups they did or how much trash they picked up or plastic that they kept out of the environment. Um, and, And the whole idea was that, you know, if this seemed like it was a, a a tool that people would use Then we would turn around and actually create a mobile app that had more features and functionality and would actually um deliver more value to the user so um, that's something that we were really excited to launch back i think we launched it in august was when we launched the pilot um, which was kind of a strange time because with covid you know cleanups and whatnot became a little less Um, prevalent um, starting back in March. And so it was really um, dependent on people to want to go out there and do solo cleanups or virtual cleanups. And so it was actually a way for us to see that people were actually continuing to do the work.
0: Cool. Well, that's great. Let's transition. Let's let you and Mark and Areeb, because I think they're going to help you do whatever you've got for a presentation now. Then we'll come back to having me ask some questions and our audience ask some questions when you're done with that.
1: Yeah, awesome. All right, well, you know what? I would love to start with that just to give people an overview. I think it does a really great job of um, kind of articulating what it is that we as a nonprofit organization do is if we could play that mission video real quick, it's pretty short. Um, and then from there, I'll kind of launch into some of the things on our on our website that I'd like to show and um, talk a little bit more about why we're doing what we're doing. It is. It's coming. And this was created by one of our interns, one of our student interns also.
2: We imagine a world where people can experience beauty, where animals are safe and free. But today, our planet is facing the devastating consequences of human actions. is a youth initiated and led nonprofit whose mission is to bring awareness to our environment and inspire a generation of youth to advocate for our natural resources. We deliver community engagement programs that help mitigate plastic pollution around the globe. But ultimately, our end game is simply to motivate everyone to protect our home planet. There is so much our world has offered us. It's about time we give back to make the world a better place for me, you, and the generations that are yet to come.
1: So that was our mission video. And um, so basically, I think the key message that I would like to convey is that we are all about individual, small individual actions creating, you know, this ripple effect and and inspiring others to uh, participate in this global massive movement. And and we recognize um, as an organization that um, us going and cleaning up plastic or trash from beach or a park or or wherever it may be it's not going to solve the problem Um, but what it does do is it is one way to introduce people individuals to the problem if they participate in a cleanup or just think about looking down and picking up trash when they're walking they become more aware um, that this problem exists and and we found that it inspires them more to be part of the solution moving forward and so our whole goal is to um, engage individuals to get introduced to the problem of plastic pollution and then we continue to steward them through engagement programs and education to be stronger environmental advocates and we Do that through, like I said, engagement programs such as hosting virtual cleanups or offering challenges like plastic swap challenges or um, just we're about to launch Friday fun days where we'll um, uh, hopefully get people to do one eco-friendly thing um, every Friday as a way to, again, keep them engaged and realize that this is not just a one and done um, endeavor, but it's something that we're hoping to create kind of a life change for these people. And we, let's see, where else I gonna go with that? So uh, yeah, so we really want people to um, stay engaged and we, we also give them, um, uh, like I said, educational tools as well. Um, we give them, we, we do uh, interviews, twice a month, meet the expert interviews to educate them more about plastic pollution um, and and help them tell them what they can do, how they can become um, involved in policy by signing petitions and having their voices heard. So we have all that stuff on our website, information about that, information about volunteering for a cleanup or hosting their own cleanup in their community. And so we have developed we we have our, our organization's name is called Barrel Bag, but we've also developed our tool, which is called the Barrel Bag, um, which is a cleanup bag. And it's made from recycled plastic bottles. So um and and companies can co-brand this bag and they can create um cleanups and, and employee uh activities around the bag. Um so I will just show you. Let's see if I can show you a picture of our bag here, so you can just see it. Um, Show my screen, okay? So this is our bag. Right now, and we're creating—you um, know—we're creating new versions of our bag. Um, we've got different designs that we're going to be coming out with some different sizes. But if you can see here, um, different companies have put their logo on the back of the bag, so they'll buy it and they'll use our bags as their primary cleanup tool. Um, like the city of San Mateo, the city of Santa Rosa. Um, uh, again, some park and rec organizations back on the east coast. Um, a state uh, that I don't want to mention yet is um, evaluating us right now for um, being used in their park system throughout their whole um, state instead of plastic buckets or um, those big 30-gallon trash bags. um, This is something that sustainable people, they can hand out and collect back at the end of a cleanup, or they can um, give them out to the volunteers as a way for them to be able to keep a cleanup going after this scheduled event that might've occurred. Um, Let's see, Um, this impact tracker I talked to you about um, a few moments ago um, is our software right now. Again, it's in its pilot phase where you can click on this impact tracker after you um, have received your bag. And, and to be honest, you don't even really have to use our bag. Our bag is just a catalyst and a physical reminder that uh, people should clean up, just like a recycled grocery bag. We want people to think about their cleanup bag every time they go out for a walk. Um, in the park or just walk their dog or for a walk at the beach. It doesn't have to be at the water because 80% of plastic in our ocean comes from the land. So it's a lot of packaging and um, wrappers and plastic bottle tops and, and whatnot that flies via um, the wind or through storm drains, etc., and ends up in our ocean killing our marine life. And it's actually killing over a million seabirds per year. 100,000 marine mammals, it's impacting our food chain, we're ingesting, I read uh, a long time ago that we ingest basically a credit card size um, amount of uh, microplastic a week. Um, And it also affects the economic vitality of coastal regions that rely on tourism for, um, for, uh, for money and revenue. So this impact tracker, the whole idea about this was that we want people to clean up and we'd love to know that they are participating. So, um, And we want them to see what their impact, their individual impact is as part of a global effort. So if you clicked on impact tracker, you could go and you could um, create an account. So you would click here to create your account and you only have to create your account once. And you register yourself and the interesting thing is you can click the source of your bag so every one of our partners our co-branding partners who have put their logo on the back of our bag they're listed in this drop down box so if one of their community members registers they can tag the source of their bag by our partner and now and then anytime they go and they participate in a cleanup and enter a cleanup in their personal dashboard, that um, cleanup activity would also get tagged to that co-branding partner. So each co-branding partner could see what their global effect is or their their impact as well as part of this larger um, process. So once you create an account, then you would come here and you can log in. And I'll just, let's just log in for a quick second. And I am not a robot, (laughs) and my password is incorrect. Let's see that. I am not a robot. Let's see. I have multiple accounts, there it is. So this is what like a, a dashboard would look like. And this would list, this is like my um, sample uh, uh, dashboard. I would go and I can create a new event. And this is just simple information here that I would enter about um, my cleanup. And after I do that, whatever I can see up top here, this is the cumulative, um, impact of my personal efforts. But if I went to the Barrowbag homepage, I can see down here, my totals have been built into this dynamic, um, dynamically generated number on our homepage. So um, with that said, I, I just wanted to actually see if we could try, we're going to test out playing a customer testimonial. Or I wouldn't say customer, a partner testimonial. Um, Some of our partners are businesses, um, uh, for-profit corporations. Like I said, there's some NGOs that use us. Um, There's individuals um, that uh, use us, that have small businesses like real estate um, businesses, for instance. Um, There's a coastal lodge that I just love, um, the Headlands Coastal Lodge and Spa up in um, Oregon, that created a really clever program um, that was basically cash for trash. And what they did was they implemented um, um, like a checkout in their lobby where they would have the bags and people could go out onto the beach with the bags pick up trash and bring them back uh to the lobby to the concierge and get a free coupon for a drink in their um their bar in the their pelican brewery didn't have to be alcoholic but it could be if they wanted to be and um that was a great way to get their uh clientele involved as well and that's been really successful and there was a big news article about that and that's why i wanted you to try to play that customer testimonial just so people could get a a sense for um how uh businesses are being successful participating in this do you want to try that
0: mark mark are you able to do that or is that something that we're going to have lauren try to do Uh, i will i will go to read he can
1: play that's my thing if it lags, we can stop it. Oh, so, see. Lauren,
0: on the impact on your homepage there, if someone happened to have entered the new information right while we were looking at it, would your number go up there? Is that an interactive yeah. sort of number? Yes. Very yes.
1: cool. Immediately. Very cool. And so, again, like I mentioned, we're we're looking at now creating a, we've applied for some grants to um, bring in some money so we can actually develop that into a mobile app because the feedback we got was that that would be a lot easier to use. And then we want to integrate with either like a five gyres app, trash app, or a literati um, that actually tracks specific information about the plastic and the trash that's collected. And they use that data, like five gyres will use that data for scientific purposes and policy making purposes. Um, so, but ours is more like, let's just get people started. Let's just know that you did a cleanup. And then if you want to get more involved, we would link over to one of those partner um, trash apps that, so people could get more granular. Ocean Conservancy also has a great one. Go ahead
2: and play this, Harib. Yes. I've been coming here since 2011, and
3: I I never get tired of the view. It's amazing. Peggy Curtis spends seven weeks a year in Pacific City, a good amount of that time, on the beach. It's the best view. But you won't find her just relaxing on the beach. You'll also find her strolling along it. Cigarette butt, number one. Picking up trash. I do love to pick up garbage. I've sort of done it as a child. We used to do that uh, with my parents. Oftentimes, it's microplastics. And see these little tiny things? (laughs) This is microplastic right there. Sometimes plastic straws. That'll break down in no time into turtle food. All stuff she doesn't want ending up in our ocean or our marine life. It doesn't really matter how big or small. (laughs) It's nice to get it all. A lifelong effort made a little bit easier this summer. I'll even stuff my pockets if I have to, but it's so nice to have a real bag this time. Peggy is talking about this blue bag. It's part of the Headlands Coastal Lodge and Spa's new beach cleanup program launched this summer.
0: The barrel bags is a project we came up with that um, it encourages our guests to, when they go out on some of our outdoor activities, they take the bag along and they're able to collect whatever refuse they find along the way.
3: The hotel supplies the eco-friendly bags and a little incentive to those who use them.
0: They bring it back and then we uh, provide them with a coupon that's good for a beer over at Pelican Brewery.
3: The hotel's goal is to fill 300 bags a month, or about 10 a day. It says right now it's getting about six bags of trash a day, but it's confident it will reach its goal. As more and more guests do like Peggy and grab a barrel bag to help clean up our beaches. And here's something of note. These uh, barrel bags are actually made out of recycled plastic bottles. And you'll find them not just out on the beaches. You'll find them elsewhere. The hotel actually offers about 20 different outdoor activities. And these barrel bags go out on all of them. Back to you.
2: All right, you gotta have a beautiful beach to match a beautiful day like that, I don't you? I explained sure.
1: what it was. This is just one of the. Um, this is one of the guests at the Headlands Coastal Lodge, and she took one of the bags out and she went and picked up trash. She brought it back, and they show the kiosk that they have in their, um, uh, in their lobby, and they their their goal. And I think what they're doing now is they're they're getting I think ten bags of trash, ten uh, clientele or customers. I wouldn't call them customers guests that go out with the bags every day and um, pick up trash so it's been a really successful program and they also are incorporating the bags into other learning opportunities that like they do um, you know just other environmental um, educational um, events and activities so um, it's a helpful tool for that as well awesome um Trying to think of those other things. Um, yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is again we're we're youth youth led and youth run right now. Um, we um, would love people to participate in this in this movement and get involved. It's all about we think it's all about the individuals. I mean, there's plenty of organizations and 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 big groups that are um, working on finding solutions. And in fact. Um, the the scary thing is if if we don't take additional action global action on this problem then the problem's going to get exacerbated by three times what it is now. But if we act now, we can reduce that problem by 80 percent, and that's by putting in global um, global processes around recycling and policy and um, reduction. But we still think it's really important for individuals to participate and understand what the problem is because we think that they need to change their habits also and they need to speak with their voice and uh, they need to change their dependency on plastic. And And unless they understand and participate like even at a small level, it's hard for them to feel that emotional attachment to this problem. Um, so that's why we think cleanups are so important, but beyond cleanups, we we think individuals are so powerful and they inspire another individual and another individual um and maybe they inspire their company to 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 take part so um that's that's how we um see ourselves as adding value to this process
0: how much are the bags
1: the bags are we sell the bags on our website for $15 um, retail uh, to individuals, but we have a wholesale program where companies can buy the bags for, I think it's like $6.30 and they can put their logo or whatever they want on the bag. And then they can, we have um, a turnkey program where they can um, host their own cleanup or if they're going to, right now in COVID, um, uh, companies are looking for ways to re-engage with their employees. Because everyone's virtual, so they can host a virtual event with their employees as a way to kind of reconnect them in a safe way um, using the bags so they can distribute bags out to their employees. But when they're back uh, traveling and going to different countries for conferences, they can bring the bags and do a local cleanup with the community there um, where they're bringing their own footprint. You know, It's really um, taxing on an environment when big companies go into a location um, to host their conferences. There's a lot of plastic bottles, there's a lot of trash, there's a lot of um, transportation, smog emissions, et cetera, that goes into that. So having these companies do some sort of local community event, I think it's really um, practical. And um, then they can also leave the bags for the locals there so they could feel some pride and continue the process long after they're gone.
0: So if, I'm, if I've just finished my own cleanup and I'm entering my impact on the site, I, I notice you're, you're uh, quantifying it by cubic feet. Is the bag a cubic foot? What's the size of the bag? So. I know Good people question. don't want to have to probably try to think of what to size What did I just pick up?
1: Yeah, and, and so the whole idea wasn't for you to have to think about it. But, so that's why we just asked the number of bags. We do the math in the background. The bag actually holds about a, a half a cubic foot of trash. So if you put, if you collected one bag of trash, then um, then it's going to equate to a half of uh, foot, half uh, cubic foot of of trash and then we sorted out plastic, we really think it's valuable for people to sort out the plastic from the trash. And so we just asked them to eyeball measure, you know, is that like a, um, you know, six inch by six inch by three inch pile of plastic that you are now taking out of the um, landfill and putting in recycling? Um, We had some feedback around that, so we're looking at um, changing the way we do that because if we go more internationally, um, obviously people use different metric systems, et cetera. And so we're looking at doing it number pieces of, you know, we're trying to make it as simple as possible for people to um, quantify their impact. So that was one of the bits of feedback we had gotten. Yeah, and so there's our back.
0: What's the most that somebody has said they've picked up in a session?
1: Um uh gosh, it was big. It was um basically the equivalent cuz I remember um them doing the math. It was basically the equivalent of 632 gallon bags of trash. Like we just were trying to give some, you know, some picture that people could um register in their mind. So basically it was, you know, whatever that is, 32 gallons times 0.5, right? right? A lot. Um, or, a lot. Yeah, so a lot, yeah. A lot and so of- that was strictly, um, they were just inspired by kind of what they heard and wanting to pitch in. Yeah.
0: Um, another kind of, uh, you know, just commonality is gamification is becoming huge, and, and I had a, a call this morning with a fellow who's going to come on and do a webinar with us, but who's developing gamified um, activities for people to use along with technologies like yours. So he might be a guy that could help you um, as you as you move this towards an app, for example. He, he's created apps, and uh, so I'll, I'll make sure to connect um, you together. Um, Would
1: love that. I'm a competitor.
0: I'm a competitor, so I'd love to play the game of where you know there were t- ten of us staying at that cool-looking resort, and and we we all went out for an hour, and and the one who got the most is going to get the drinks or, just, you know, the, the drink <laughs> ticket or whatever.
1: Well, um, now imagine that but, also with companies, right? Like, so if you have a company and you've yeah. got different departments that are competing um, over the course of a month, right? It doesn't the even have to be one year, day. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you reward them with, you know, either a, a trip or a, a extra day off or whatever it may be, um, and and fraternities. Like I, I'm really hoping that our interns really kind of get this into the fraternity and sorority systems at colleges because, you know, they are supposed to um, have a social impact component to what they do, uh, not just partying. And um, imagine them even partnering with um, maybe. Groups like underserved community members um, and doing cleanups like competing with other fraternities who are also kind of being stewards and kind of big brother, big sister type thing. And they're teaming up with local community groups and doing cleanups and and those fraternities are competing against each other to see whose group can can pick up the most trash and have the biggest impact. It's also a great learning opportunity for those groups they're mentoring. And I,
0: when I was going through grad school, so I had seven, no, eight years, seven years of post-college grad school. And I, as a part of my research for those post-graduate programs, all of them involved diving. And I would dive in ocean areas, in freshwater areas. So for example, in San Diego, I dove many, many times in La Jolla Cove and in, and in uh, La, Coya, La Jolla Canyon, which is 300 feet deep, and, and, and then all along the coast of Southern California. And this is many years ago, 30 plus years ago. You didn't see any plastic, none. I mean, I I know I would have remembered it. This is a very recent phenomenon, everybody, and this just show you how bad it's gotten. Because when I've dipped Dove more recently, which is not nearly as much as when I was doing it, and I was essentially a salvage diver to make extra money too, you don't have to go down for half an hour anywhere and you're not. I guarantee if you can see if your visibility is 10, 15 feet minimum, you're going to see plastic within a half hour, at least some something plastic related anywhere, anywhere you go. So it, it's a very, very sad and difficult situation. So Mark, would you make sure either you or Reed, um Alicia's giving a whole bunch of really cool citations. If you put just yes or something in the answer session, then they'll get shown to the other people watching the webinar. Um, so where do you go from here? Tell us where you'd like to see barrel bag be in five years
1: well wow. uh well i mean we're currently applying to some of the bigger consortiums and there's some really amazing efforts that are happening on a global scale um that are bringing together like the corporations there's ngos there's litter pickers there's all these different groups um getting involved we would love to be part of those like have a seat at the table for those discussions and so that we can directly um continue to educate and keep our members involved. But we we wanna um, start a membership program. We don't officially have one. Anyone who has one of our bags, which we've distributed over 15,000 bags between our co-branding partners and individuals who have purchased bags directly from us. Um, and we call them members because they've invested in this movement, we believe. But we wanna start a more um, formalized membership program. There'll be you know, a completely free component to that. Then maybe there's also um, a, a component that is paid or where people put some more skin in the game where they're agreeing to host Um, A certain number of cleanups per year or um, uh, do a live community event or something like along those lines. But uh, so we want to build a membership program that, you know, has 100,000 members to it. Let's I mean, that would be a great goal for five years from now.
0: And you still have the energy to keep doing that yourself, and You want to stay well, in the yeah. role you're at? No,
1: I do. But, um, you know, we just also brought on this really amazing advisory council. Um, and uh, we've got five, they're, they're uh, posted on our website. They're a really sharp um, group of people. And, you know, one of the things that we definitely want to do is I've got these interns, but they have to rotate, right? We can't keep them on forever and, and they graduate or move on in the summer or whatnot not and so there is some inconsistency that happens and we want to keep you know some consistency in place so uh, looking at hiring um, some staff people um, would be really important um, for that and then one of them maybe can also help with the um, student intern program and maybe the student intern program. um, Maybe if we don't have the funds to pay the interns, it's in exchange for college credit down the road, but um, definitely keeping the youth involved because um, I think that's where the future's at.
0: And how do you find your interns?
1: Okay, good question. So the interns, a lot of it is word of mouth. I mean, the interns that we have are so passionate. It's definitely a, 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 Criteria to even, you know, get an internship with us is demonstrated passion um, for the environment. So seeing that people have already done stuff and been involved in nonprofit or um, policy or whatever, um, and then they have to have the skill that we're looking for to to help us. Um, so word of mouth is is big, and then also we put it on um, Handshake. Um, so a lot of colleges we have picked, um, you know two dozen, three dozen um, colleges where we post our um, interns. And then we also have a link from our Instagram site. We've got a link tree, and in there we have some current job posts posted as well. Um, And we use LinkedIn as well.
0: And this is one of those hard questions, but you gotta kind of ask it. (laughs) Because I've had over 150 interns over the last 11 years on my ranch here in Colorado what percentage about are just terrible. <laughs> <Andrew>. <laughs> they literally just think this is going to be a, you know, a walk in the park and there's just nothing they have to do and they want to use it to put on their resume, but they're awful. And I'll yeah. tell you my percentage, about yeah. about 10%. And yeah. we learn real quickly that we've got to cut bait with them right away. You know, we, we, we tell every intern, we've got at least several weeks that are a tryout and if either of us at the end of a day of that time, decide it doesn't work. It, it's done. We don't. We don't want to. We, we want you to leave as a friend, but we just can't. We can't take the time. We ha- we have to find somebody that's going to be willing to to do what we both think is important.
1: And then right. From that. Right. Well, you're right. It is a tough question because it's a hard reality that you know you are right, and we've had a few of those. Um, and thankfully, you know. I have learned. I mean, we've got such limited resources. And then, you know, the time that's needed to to manage the people, but also the fact that we are such a slim organization, we need them to produce and we need them to produce and, and be a great um, uh, face for our organization and if you know they, they're not thorough or they don't have the self starter kind of capability or the understanding of the space but again if they haven't ever done anything with ocean conservation or sustainability then they're going to seem lost and it's going to show and so that's why we have you know it's definitely been an iterative process and we've only had i think three cycles of interns and I think there were three three total that we, you know, had to shorten their 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 time span with us, unfortunately. But yes, leaving as friends is and a big that,
0: I think you mentioned that you can afford to pay them to do about a five hour week. Give give me a picture of what a five hour week what they'd be doing
1: during that five yeah, hour week. So, So the way we've currently structured it is people own different things. Like I want them to own a certain piece of the organization so they can create objectives or we can create objectives together and then they have some measurable results that they want to achieve. Um, And whether they achieve them perfectly or not is not the point, but it's just that they're working towards that. And then at the end, they have something that they can put on their resume that they are specifically responsible for. So uh, for instance, we will, One super easy one is the social media intern, and she's responsible for doing research on relevant um, and sometimes timely um, topics and then posting educational information on our social media Instagram. Um, And so, I mean, that research takes some time. And then there's graphics that are associated with um, those posts. Um, So five hours actually goes really quickly for a social media person. Um, And then we have. Someone dedicated to um, customer engagement. So we have these, like I told you, engagement programs, and so she creates um, programs that will keep our community active and feel like you know we're 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 here. We're doing the work. We want to create an opportunity for you to participate in that work. Um, so I mentioned the Friday Friday. Day. So she's putting that program together, and then she'll execute that and track that. But also she's working with ambassadors, and so making sure she's communicating any new messaging on a weekly basis to our ambassadors. And then she um, might also pick up something else. So she's got to really manage those five hours. And in some cases, to be quite honest with you, um, they work more than five hours. Because again, it's a nonprofit, and they're passionate about this. So putting some extra time in, um, which is their their decision and at their discretion, um, is something that they often end up doing.
0: One thing you might consider,
1: and I'll tell yeah. you, they just love this if you do it.
0: So, and it was one of our interns that suggested it. I think it wasn't me; I didn't think of it. We have what's called a wall of fame, and well, okay. if. Wall of Fame, and it's in our office, and um, I'm in our studio right now. Sometimes I do the webinars from our office, but I think it's 112 people on the Wall of Fame right now. We also have some Where's Waldo in there because we've got a couple dogs and a cat that are buried in there too. But um, to get on the Wall of Fame, you have to do three things. You have to have completed your internship acceptably so that we felt you did what you you were supposed to do and you felt good about the outcome of it and secondly you have to I said three it's really only two that was the first two Complete it. both sides feel good about it third is you have to continue to do work in the field which means something that is sustainability regenerative in our case economic we love that word so we say if you're in so maybe you're Moved on in college, so now you're a grad student. But you're 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 a grad student in I don't know uh, history, and you're not doing anything. We take you off the Wall of Fame, and and we've taken some people off. Well, right. it's a real um, pride that they have that that their pictures are on the Wall of Fame, and you know they're just three by five pictures that we take and and print them up and put a little put a little frame around them I mean we've probably got a couple bucks into the into the cost of it other than the time so it, when you have a and, and we are very intern oriented when you have a program that's really reliant on imp, on uh, on interns, you want to do what you can da- do to to get it to where they're because we haven't recruited for an intern in at least five years we we'll get a hundred plus to fill ten positions um because of word of mouth, because the interns that we had are so proud and so happy, excited about what they have been able to do. So
1: um, I love that idea.
0: Yeah. So think about a wall of fame for uh, for your for your interns. Um, I, I, I just love this idea. I'm I i got to ask another kind of shark tank type question. Oh, By the no. way, if anybody else has any other questions, throw them in here. Um so you said that you sell them at retail, you'll sell them at wholesale for around $6. I hope you're able to get them made for something in the range of 2 or $3 that you're not, you're not losing money on the
1: bags. No, we are definitely not losing money on the bags. Um, we are not losing money on the bags and we sell them for $6.30 um, wholesale. And uh, to be honest, I mean, we definitely make um, money on the uh Sale of the individual bags um, more than we make on each bag, obviously for the wholesale cost, and 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 our whole goal to get started was um, minimum barrier to entry. We don't want to make it difficult for people to kind of get. A bag or have this tool and and again you don't have to have a barrel bag to participate um and use our impact tracker it's just um it's just a tool and again we've got some programming um built around it but um no we do make some not very much at all when we sell them wholesale we make more um, when we sell them retail and the the money that we do get as profit absolutely goes back into helping us um, run our organization and it just means less fundraising we have to do but we still um, get money from foundations and um, private donors and one other thing that we do which is kind of a um, I don't know if it's unique, but it's kind of it's kind of nice. It feels really good. We started um, last year, we are doing these community impact campaigns where we're raising money for our organization, but we're also supporting another organization, another nonprofit through our fundraising efforts. So for instance, last year, we did a, a GoFundMe um, campaign where we were raising money for Barrel Bag, but uh, we were gonna donate bags um to the Green Schools Alliance, which is this massive network of schools that are all, they're creating sustainability leaders um, in their elementary and middle school youth um, schools that are participating in the Green Schools Alliance. And so we donated bags to one of their schools called the Nightingale School, actually in New York. And we're in the process now of working with them. And we've got a cleanup that we're scheduling. We're just trying to get the date on the the books um, in New York, in Central Park, where those kids will. Go out with their barrel bags that we donated to them and do a cleanup um, with their um, school uh, instructor. And we're about to run another one with the Bay Area Wilderness Training um, Nonprofit. They are a nonprofit that trains um, teachers and educators how to bring underserved kids into the outdoors and it teaches them outdoor survival skills and such. And so we're going to donate 5% of whatever we generate through that campaign to them for their scholarship program so it's kind of this circular I think thing we want everyone to get involved we think everyone makes a difference awesome
0: well we got about five minutes left and I like to end it with letting you just give us anything you want as kind of final thoughts I think we've been scrolling through you know how how to get a hold of you and mark and reed you might want to go back to make sure that you sort of end where there's contact information for lauren and, and for barrel bag but just sort of take a, take a few minutes now and just sort of tell us final thoughts and,
1: well uh, could, could how, we uh, the end i mean i think it'd be really great to end with this one little video i think it's short it's like two two and a half ah, minutes maybe and it's called good. the power of And it was one of the first videos that tucker did and it was it was there was a call to action in the video towards the end that was you know inviting people to donate a dollar right like it's every it's it was the point was you know a dollar makes a difference right like and 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 one person can have an impact and the power of one person but we can ignore that one little call to action in there but the message in the power of one is again the core of who we are which is about the individual taking action and taking responsibility. So um, if we can just roll that, that would be a great way to take us out.
4: I'm Tugger Rooms and I'm a 16 year old high school student from Mill Valley, California. I'm a surfer and an outdoor enthusiast. And I believe that we as individuals have the power to affect change. So you might say, I believe in the power of one. This year, I learned that over 15 trillion pieces of plastic trash are polluting our oceans and harming our wildlife. I felt compelled to do my part and help solve this problem because I believe in the power of water. Plastic ocean pollution kills millions, if not tens of millions of sea creatures each year worldwide. Sea turtles, dolphins, sharks, whales, fish, and even very small parts of the marine food chain like plankton die from becoming entangled and strangled in plastic left over from fishing lines and fishing nets. Single-use plastic bags, plastic straws, and a plethora of other plastic pollution that eventually breaks down into microscopic pieces are mistaken as food and ingested by seabirds and even larger marine life like whales. I want to help stop these senseless deaths from happening. And I'm helping the global solution to fight plastic beach pollution because I believe in the power of one. This past April, I started Barrel Bag, a grassroots social movement shaping the way surfers, beachgoers, and environmentally-minded people take responsibility for our beaches. Barrel Bag is a compact, reusable, and eco-friendly beach cleanup bag that serves as a physical reminder for people to pick up after themselves, and even others, when they go to the beach. Barrel Bag can easily be taken with you when you go to the beach, walk around the lagoon, go camping near a river, scuba dive out in the middle of the ocean, or attend a beach cleanup event. There really is no place where a Barrel Bag can't be put to use. So, I ask you, do you believe in the power of one? If so, I'm challenging you to visit www.barrelbag.org and donate $1 today. My goal is to create environmental awareness and help eliminate debris, primarily plastic, from beaches and waterways around the world. For every $5 we collect, one Barrel Bag goes into production and that means one more member of our army is equipped to fight this battle with us my goal is one million bags into production i invite you to come and join me because i believe in the power of one oh, very cool We
1: time
0: that's just awesome and i'm going to end with a question and then you take it out and as soon as, as lauren's done and when she waves mark you go ahead and take us out um your son because college is a time when how does he still have that same passion that we saw in that video today or similar to it
1: he does he does but he's you know what he's he he, it's funny because he doesn't have um i think he doesn't realize what he started and so he's like mom i just created this bag i'm like no you didn't you created like a program an idea a concept that and and you turn it into something that's inspiring other people's i mean fifteen thousand of these barrel bags have gone out and again it's not just about the bag it's about what the bags stand for and represent and um and so he's actually now actively looking for um other internships that he can participate in so he can learn more and bring that you know into his And he's kind of marrying business and environmental stuff, but his real passion is the environment. So, all right, uh, well, we are. I thank you so much for having me. Take care. All right. Hey, everybody. I bet you enjoyed that immensely.